Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Writers Fantasy Forecheck Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jacob Strozik, joined by my fellow Atlantic Division basement dweller. <clears throat> Jacob Billington, as always, I appreciate there, there <clears throat> not being a pause looking for a compliment there this time. No, because we're both down in the dump, so we're just going to accept what we are and deal with it on a weekly basis at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be going through these uh, the this week's fantasy trends. A uh, couple of fun ones uh, this week. There's a, a, a few big names and a few uh, smaller names to pay attention to, so it should be good. Uh, but before we get started, we have our question of the week. Uh, at this point of the season, are you buying more on uptrend goalies or uptrend position players when you're looking through, whether it be for a trade or a waiver wire? What are you what are you buying on more at this point in the year? So the only league I really pay much attention to is uh, the, the Hockey Writers League. I'm in two other ones, but they're just kind of they're free leagues. Hard to invest in those. Um, but right now in the Hockey Writers one, I I'm probably have the best goaltending in the in our whole league. So definitely not looking at goaltenders with Andre Vasilevsky back off of LTIR. Um, but right about now I'm looking, in general, I'm looking for whoever's going to upgrade my team. So it, like, it all depends on how you have it built. Um, now is a good time to really look at who is getting those hits and blocks this year because um, that changes every year. You got the same guys that are the top five every year, but outside of that, some, sometimes they just play a different role with a new coach. Uh, so those kind of like secondary stats, really important to look at. Yeah, I, I find myself looking more towards the defensive end as far as out of the three major positions go, because forwards are always going to get a couple of goals here and there. You're always going to get that offense chipping in, regardless of if you're paying attention to the waiver wire or not. It's really hard to be stifled for goals and assists completely. So I, I find myself leaning more towards the defensive side just because th- there's a lot more versatility on the back end and getting those extra categories or getting those couple of extra bonus points as opposed to maybe a goaltender uh, that's having a minor hot streak but isn't going to play in the next probably four or five games if they're a backup or something. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. Now I have a question for you. Throw it. What you got? I want you to rank my trade or sorry, grade my trade. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. So this was, I made two deals that were bundled into where I started and where I finished with. So mm-hmm. I traded Brian Rust and Rasmus Ristolainen, who was still on LTIR. He just played his first game. Uh, I traded those two for uh, Carter Hart and Vince Dunn. Okay. So I felt pretty good about that or no, sorry. I traded those two for Carter Hart. And then I traded okay. Carter Hart and Vince Dunn for Adam Fox and Devin Levi. So I turned Brian Rust, Vince Dunn, and Rasmus Ristolainen into Adam Fox and Devin Levi. What do you think? You can't go wrong with somebody like Adam Fox. So yeah. the fact that you traded a handful of, I want to call them mid-tier players, yeah. But as far as fantasy is concerned, they are middle tier players. Vince Dunn's having a really good year. He is. He is. He is definitely. But he's not Adam Fox. No. Having that superstar caliber defender, that top three defenseman, is absolutely worth it. 
Levi might bite you a little bit right now just because he's not doing too hot and Buffalo is kind of in the crapper. But and I, I if he gets up get, to speed. Yeah, and I didn't get Levi to be one of my goaltenders because I have right. Ilyas Roken and Andre Vasilevsky. That's just if I need if I need a game at the end of the week for for whatever reason, I can do right. that. Um, but now I've got quite the forehead of monster. I've got those two goalies, Adam Fox and Elias Pettersson. Pretty happy with that. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a rock solid A minus for your trade. I like it. Because I, I the only reason I wouldn't give it a, a solid A is because of the fact that you gave up that many players as yeah. far as conglomerate level uh production yeah. and what you're gonna get out of the aggregate with them, you probably lose a little bit of value, but long term you're looking at Fox just shooting up and that's what really counts yeah I, I really wish that we were doing a dynasty league i think we definitely need to start one next year um because that's that's so much fun yeah we'll have to get a smaller group together for a dynasty yeah. league i think we'll we'll get the hardcore guys uh maybe yeah. i'd say a group of 10 would be good yeah. for a league like that and then we can really uh we can really dive into the nitty-gritty of it and yeah. torment each other on a yearly basis yes all right that's a good start let's uh let's do some uptrend players uh, i have a total of four what do you got on your list uh i've got three uh i'll start off with quentin byfield thank Love you for it. dropping him last week i uh, had no choice i had to bring <laughs> tuck back from ir yeah no it's he's one of those guys that he's going to be one of the first that you drop, but I'm also telling everybody to pick him up right now on Yahoo. He's only rostered at 39%. He's on, um, I have it written here. He's got 12 points in his last 11 games. He has arrived to the NHL. He's doing fantastic. He, I think so far this year, he's only finished one game with a negative rating and he gets, he gets two to four shots a game. He's just fantastic. So I'm a huge fan of Quentin Byfield. So more than happy to pick him up off waivers. Yeah, it was really painful having to decide who I was going to pick up, who I was or who I was going to drop uh, in kind of my decision making process of who I was bringing up because I had to bring back Tuck. But it was between him and Schwartz, which in hindsight I made the wrong decision. But you can't predict the future, and you can only do what you uh, have in front of you. I like Byfield. We've talked about him, I think, twice now. Uh, on the show and and how well he's doing. So it just continues to show how good his uptrend is uh, and how well I would say the Kings in general are playing is definitely a, a byproduct of what he is contributing fantasy-wise and in real life too. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to keep it out West. I'm going to talk about a big boy. We're going to do Lawson Kraus. Okay. From the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he's playing some big time minutes and he has five goals in his last six games. And he's also on a three game goal streak. Now, what I like about Kraus is he's sneakily offensively good, but he's always getting peripherals. He is throwing hits. He is getting a decent amount of blocks, but he's always throwing hits. So what's even better is he's split between left and right wing. So you can put him on either side if you have that scenario coming up for you. Yeah. But He's not rostered at a super high rate. You can absolutely still pick him up. He's yeah. a 
hot, cold type of player. He's not going to consistently be throwing up a goal a game or a goal every other game. But he's good for probably about 25-ish goals, I'd say, on the high end by the end of the year. And that's something that's worth having on your roster, especially if you're getting hits. Yeah, Yeah, and like we talked about this before the season started, that I love the Arizona roster right now. There's just so much offense to kind of go around you don't really have that true superstar you could maybe throw Clayton Keller in there soon uh but right now not quite but you have Logan Cooley um we talked about Dylan Genther but he's not in the NHL right now you have like there's just so many guys and so no matter who he's going to play with in that top nine he's got somebody even like Jason Zucker or whoever Mm -hmm. it's going to be right so he's always got some good line mates to hit the ice with and that's a huge benefit for him and anybody that's holding him in fantasy just because he's going to get those assists there are some goal scorers on arizona and i think i predicted i i have it in writing in our conversation somewhere that arizona is <laughs> going to be the, the ninth team in the west that was my prediction i'm sticking to it just wanted to throw that in there i i believe it arizona we said at the start of the year arizona is secretly good and they're yeah. very underrated as far as the roster is concerned. So to see a good amount of fantasy performances out of a good, I would say, a decent number of these Arizona players is absolutely, it's not shocking to me at this point. No. It, it's its not necessarily expected all the time, but it's not shocking to me either. Yeah. You got another one or do you want me to roll? I have another Arizona player I can roll into. Yeah, you. go ahead and do that. Part of the mountain. Yeah, I, I also have uh, Connor Ingram on this list uh, as goaltender because he has just been on fire as far as, you know, goaltending in general goes. But he's really taken over that starter mantle from Vimelka, which is a bit of a disappointment uh, on one level. But at the same time, it's nice to see him getting that momentum and stepping up to the plate and getting up to speed. He just had a shutout the other night which I believe is his second of the season. So if you have the opportunity and your goaltending depth is not fantastic right now, Ingram is a great choice. His roster rate is very quickly rising. So before somebody else does, I very much recommend giving him a pickup. Yeah, you should absolutely be picking him up because he, like you said, he is taking it over from Vajmelka which like you said, is very disappointing. I love Vajmelka and I was really hoping that he would have a huge year. Uh, and I uh, season's not over yet. I mean, we look at uh, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, and we're like, ah, mm-hmm. season might be over for them. But when you look at a guy like Vijmalka, the expectations aren't like sky high. So he could earn it back. But as of, for right now, absolutely pick up Connor Ingram. He is the go-to guy right now. He's got the coach's trust, and there's he's doing everything that a goalie needs to do. It's not like that shutout was against some rinky dink team. He shut out Vegas. Yeah. That's a top tier team. So he's he's playing supremely well. Um, those those are my two Arizona players. Who do you got next? Okay, I'm gonna go to Vladislav Nemesnikov over in Winnipeg. He's okay. been he's been having a very, very quietly good season. He's playing in the second line center spot. That's probably gonna change when Gabe Velarde comes back. But as of right now, like he's doing what you need him to do. He's got six points in his last five games. Um, he's only rostered at three. Per- Sorry. He's got seven points in his last six games and he's on a six game point streak. He's only rostered at 3% center right wing. So you can kind of slot him in that center or on the wing, depending on where you have the availability. It's just, he's doing everything right. And so 
He he doesn't get a ton of blocks and hits, but he is going to get on that board for you. He is a good defensive forward. If you would have told me a year and a half ago that we were talking about Connor Ingram and Vladislav Nemesnikov as two fantasy pickups, I would have spit in your face. But here we are talking about it. That's the beautiful thing about fantasy, though, isn't it? Those random players that have that big week or that big month, and they can really make a difference on your roster. And Nemesnikov is a fantastic example of somebody like that because yeah. he's been bouncing around the league for a little bit. He played. I, I got his. Uh, I got his team list pulled up here. He's played for played for the Lightning, then the Rangers, then the Senators for half a season, then the Avalanche, then the Red Wings, then the Stars, then the Lightning again, and now he's on his second year on the Jets, and he's producing fairly well. Yeah, it's got what does it say? It's a total of eleven points in nineteen games. He's a plus twelve. Yep, he's fantastic like, defensively. Like he's doing absolutely spectacular. So somebody like that can really make a difference in your week those couple of extra bonus points probably 10 15 extra bonus points in your points lead yeah. definitely makes a difference so right. i i see no problem uh with him being an uptrend player whatsoever yeah and and through 17 games he's got 11 hits and 13 blocks like that's not nothing that that adds no, to that, that's free not, points exactly that's, that's you're not saying. going to him free for points. those but right now it's definitely worth picking him up and he's got 28 shots that's not bad yeah 28 shots which he's on pace to Come close to, if not break, his uh, shots personal record, which is just under 120. So if he's shooting more, that's only good for him, and it's only good for fantasy owners too. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll also do a kind of uh, no-name-ish, not no-name, but younger player. Uh, Phil Kurashev uh, on Chicago has been doing fairly well, playing on the top line. And he's meshing really well with Bedard. His points mostly come in the form of assists, which is absolutely fine. He's benefiting from being that playmaker for uh, a shooter like Bedard. But he is ultimately getting the points. And he's definitely not somebody that's going to be at a high roster rate. So a couple of extra points similar to Nemestikov. It's the same basic situation. Yeah, Yeah, and Chicago's got that kind of swagger with them right now. Obviously, nobody knows what's going on with Corey Perry. That's a very interesting yeah. situation that I'm following pretty closely. Uh, but, like, you got Nick Foligno, who everybody was like, oh, $4 million a year? Sure, that's a bit much. But look at him. He's, like, the face of the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Obviously, Connor Bedard is. But, like, in the media, you see Nick Foligno talking to everybody. So, like, the vibes there are fantastic. And Kershev is taking advantage of a depleted roster and – taking advantage of his an opportunity to play on the top line with Connor Bedard and it's it's working fantastic. Yeah, here in the spot he's making the most of it. That's that's what really counts in that scenario. Yeah. Uh I only have one more. Uh, I think you said you have one more too. Yeah, I I got two. I had another one pop into the head. So Okay, um, go. I'll go I'll go Jake Neighbors. He's okay. been uh he's been doing really good for the Blues. Uh he he's got another two goals tonight uh, as we're recording this right now. So he's up to four goals in his last five games, and he's got points in all five of those games. He's he's just doing everything right, and he's on fire. So I'm not super confident it will last long, but if you're making a trade or something and you are doing a two-for-one deal and you just need somebody to fill in for the week or maybe a couple of weeks, I would absolutely pick him up. Like I said, I don't think it'll 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 stick, but for the next for the next month or so, I'd be pretty confident in his play. 
Yeah, um, I got his stats pulled up here. He sh- you want? Do you know what his shooting percentage is off the top of your head or no? I, I don't. Probably something stupid like 60%. Uh, not quite, but 28%. He's currently yeah. shooting at 28%, which, like you said, not sustainable. But yeah. for the time being, while the puck's going in the back of the net, now's the time to grab him. Now's the time to think before somebody else does, hey, I need some goal support this week. Yeah. Definitely a great option. Because he only has one assist on the year. But while the goals are going in, 100% pick yep. him up. Who's your other one that popped in while, while uh, you're fresh? Eric, Eric Gustafson. I think we already talked about him, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think Adam, we glossed over him, but go ahead. Yeah, Adam Fox hit an LTIR who we already talked about. Um, he should be back fairly soon, I would say within two weeks. But Eric Gustafson took over the top power play unit and has been making the most of every opportunity on there. He's got, I got a stats right here. He's got 14 points on the year so far, and he makes $800,000. I bet you Toronto is very upset they spent $4 million on John Klingberg and let him walk. Um, I I don't know where it came from. This isn't Eric Gustafson of the past few years. Obviously, he had a fantastic year in Chicago. Uh, I think he had 60 something, 62 points, I believe, like five years ago, and then he just kind of fell off. But he's doing fantastic in New York, and I love to see it. He's only rostered at 36%. And he's got 10 points over the last month. That's very, very good. So I would absolutely try and pick him up if you get the chance. Yeah, he really... uh, He took advantage of the situation that he was put into, and he stepped up to the occasion. And it's really interesting to see how many players can do that when they're given the right opportunity that they can step into it and be a high-end player. Uh, my favorite example of when it ever happened was when William Carlson ended up going to Vegas yeah. because prior to that on the ducks and on the blue jackets, he was stifled, couldn't do anything. But I remember watching the kid and being like, he's got so much he could offer if he just was given the right opportunity. And then yeah. bam, goes to Vegas, scores 40 goals. And I was like, see, yeah. it's so great. And, and that, Gustin that was- is a great example of it right now too. And you basically just explained Anthony Duclair before he got traded to yep. Ottawa. Like, yep. same kind of player. Absolutely. And I think if Gustafson can really find a home in New York, I think there's a, absolutely a spot for him to run the second power play unit. Obviously, you've got Fox and Keandre Miller. Those are two uh, fantastic offensive defensemen. But if you can throw Eric Gust- Gustafson on there too, he's just as good as any of those forwards you throw in your second unit. Yeah, and if you can get... 55-something points out of him on a regular basis, you're absolutely cooking as far as a fantasy perspective is concerned because yeah. no nobody's really paying attention to him as far as a high-end scoring defenseman is concerned. But if you watch and you're paying attention to where he's playing, how he's being deployed, he's an absolute fantasy asset right now and in the future, uh, even after Fox comes back. Uh, my last one, yep. bigger name, or at least a more high-profile team, I have Charlie Coyle because yep. he is hot, hot, hot right now. He's got seven points in his last five games, and he's just thriving in his top six role. What's fantastic about him uh, as far as a fantasy perspective is concerned, yes, he is a pure center, but his roster rate right now is not high at all. 29% on wow. Yahoo right now. He is currently owned in our league, naturally, but 
in general, he only has a 29% roster rate uh, there. And then I lo- I was looking at ESPN, and it was only a 32% roster rate there. So in two of the bigger name fantasy, you know, uh, leagues, people still aren't picking him up for some reason. But he's doing a lot in every aspect. Absolutely is a pickup recommendation. Just do it. Just straight up do it. <laughs> yeah. And Boston's like one of the top teams in the NHL. They're currently tied with the Rangers for first. And I know that Boston's had some issues over the past three or four games. Uh, but they're they're the Boston Bruins. They just they bleed the gold and yellow and black. They're always gonna find a way to win. It's and, and Charlie Coyle's the same way. Like he's not somebody that you would ideally want in your top six, but Boston did it and now he's thriving because that's just what happens in Boston. Uh, so anybody that is ever going to get put into the top six there, always have your eye on them. But Charlie Coyle has been doing very, very well lately. And I, I have nothing but great things to say about him, uh, but we'll, we'll hold it there. As far as trending up teams, there's two that really stand out to me in the Winnipeg Jets and the LA Kings. They're both on five-game heaters right now. And anytime you notice, it's just it's high profile, it's high scoring, uh, and the goals are fairly low against as well. So it makes their goaltending valuable. If you have goal scoring options on either team, pick them up. If there is any form of goaltending that you can get out of either of them, for some reason, Halibut's available or Talbot's available, then, I mean, go for it. Because both both teams are just ridiculously hot at the moment. Yeah, and I just want to rub it in your face. You were not high on the Jets coming into the season. So I just wanted to that's say fine. That. <laughs> No, that's fine. I, I keep saying that. I'm not psychic. I just base it off of my own personal feeling. And I'm happy to be proven wrong. I love seeing when that type of thing happens because it's like, okay, now I can notice a different trend based yeah. off of that scenario. And you get a little smarter in trying to analyze how the team will produce or perform the next time. So you live and you learn. But I was wrong. I fully admit it. <laughs> no, but like you weren't you weren't wrong to have that opinion like that was not an unpopular opinion at all it was kind of expected and i feel like i was more with the hot take saying that i think they're going to be good this year that was definitely the hot take so um but it no feels good to be on right, that one this it? time what was that but it feels good to be right doesn't it oh it feels amazing to be right um, exactly. especially when I'm sitting down here at 11th in our league where am i just real quick i'll rub that in where am i i don't know i think you're top 10 some top one maybe top one i think Definitely top one. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Let's shift it to the negative side. Let's do some downtrend. Uh, I have three. I got two, and they're both pretty big names around the NHL. All right. Uh, I'll start off first, then, uh, since I got got the odd number. Uh, First on my list, I got Ryan Strome. Ducks themselves are on a bit of a downtrend, a little bit of a slump. And Strom not producing is definitely an effect of that. Um, it's definitely a bit of a correlation there. He's got one point in his last six games. Yeah. The Ducks can pull themselves out of it. I have confidence that they will be okay. Um, but he needs to produce more. That's just an end of story thing. Yeah, no, and I, I'll combine them together, but I've got Troy Terry on my list too for all the okay. same reasons. 
Um, yep. I, I think the team is starting to miss Zegers' production. Uh, he is a very important part of that team. And while they were doing good without him, it was very unsustainable. And so both of these guys are kind of struggling with the lack of offense in that top unit. The team isn't doing horrible, but they're starting to head back down to the basement where we all expected them to be. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say about both of them. They're both very capable. I wouldn't drop either. Maybe I would drop Strom if there was a really good pickup if you're in a smaller league, but definitely do not drop Troy Terry. At worst, see what anybody's going to buy low with and get at least an asset from him, but do not drop Troy Terry. Yeah, if you're going to pick up anybody from the Ducks right now, to me it would be either Terry, if you can get him for cheap, or if you're feeling bold, you can go for McTavish because he's still playing ridiculously well. Yeah, although I feel like right now it would cost too much to get McTavish with too much risk. Not not a move I would make, but if you are all about the risk, have at her. Sometimes you got to make bold moves. Yeah. But I'm here for it. Um, Next on my list, I have Jaden Schwartz. Kind of in the same boat as Strom. He had a hot streak, and now he's on his slump streak. He's got one point uh, in his last seven games. I, I think he'll also pull it out uh, of... You know, his he'll pull out of his slump in a maybe one or two more games. Not that he's going to go on some ridiculous heater again like he was on, but I think he can get back to being fairly consistent point every other game, maybe goal here, two goal game here, because yeah. that, that's what he is to me. He's a, he's a good point producing scoring player, 30 goal, 30 assist type guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like we, we talked about him last week and or maybe the week before on the uptrends. And mm-hmm. we just talked about how like this is kind of, out of the blue for him and how and how good he was doing during that stretch. And now he's back down to kind of normal Jaden Schwartz. And it's not it's not that you should drop him or anything. It's just that he's nothing special right now. You can probably get 25 of them on waivers if you're in an eight, 10 man league. Yeah, uh, I it's just what it is at this point. Just yeah. be patient with him. And things will come back to he's back down to earth. So things will come back up a little bit uh, after yeah. he's done slumping. Yeah. Uh, I got one left. Who you got left? Uh, my last one is going to be Tyson Berry, and okay. I hate to say it because I love Tyson Berry, and especially over the summer um, at all the weddings that he was at and all the, the good vibes he was giving off. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, he seems like a fantastic person, but he's only got three points in his last nine games. He's on the bottom pair in Nashville now. Things just, they're not going well for him in Nashville, and I don't know what the other, like, I don't know what's going to change for him because Nashville does have good defense in front of him. Um, and obviously their coach, Andrew Burnett, um, he, he likes his defense and he plays the guys that he trusts and Tyson Berry's not one of them right now. So I don't see his ice time coming back up. He is somebody that I would be dropping. Yeah. But Barry at different points of the past couple of years has been that, you know, big uptrend player, but then he also has these big, big downswing times. And right now is definitely one of those. I am also in that 100% drop boat. There's other defensemen right now that are available on your waiver wire. They're going to yep. give you more because Barry is mostly just points. Yep. He's mostly just goals and assists. He's not really going to get much else beyond that. There are other defensemen that are going to be scoring at a similar rate right now and giving yep. you better peripherals. So 100%, I, I agree, drop. Uh, my last one isn't necessarily as much of a he's playing poor as the situation changed, so he has to downtrend naturally. And it's Jonas Johansson. Yeah. Vasilevsky's back. He's going to be getting the bulk of the starts. They'll probably ease him in 
and maybe split games a couple here and there. But if Tampa's confident that Vasilevsky's ready to go, he's going to get six, eight, ten games in a row before yep. Johansson really gets another shot to to do much. So yep. I'm not necessarily saying you have to drop him, but if you have a backup goalie spot, it's still Tampa. If Tampa is improving, it could be just a free win on that bonus goaltending slot. But right now, with Vasilevsky being back, I don't see a reason to hold on to him religiously if there's other goalie options out there. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll add in that Tampa has never been a team to just heavily rely on Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky's not the almighty god in the regular season like he is in the playoffs. Um, so he's usually like 55 to 60 games. So Johansson's probably still going to get a hand a good handful of games headed down the stretch. But um, like you said, he, he already missed the first chunk of the season. They're just kind of regaining their form. Obviously, it was a fantastic game for Tampa against Carolina. That That's, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to... <laughs> Eight to two ain't no joke. <laughs> you ate to see it. Ah. That's so lame. <laughs> that was so lame. I'm not so even bad. trying at that. That was terrible. <laughs> Take you out of this room just for saying it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just my opinion on Johansson. As far as downtrend teams go, we already talked about the Ducks. They're on a slump. They lost their last four games. Um, and then the only other one that I kind of noticed was the Devils. Yeah, they slapped Buffalo around seven to two, but otherwise they were slumping pretty heavily before that. They'll eventually find their way back to the uptrend, but as of right now, it might be tough to justify doing a lot with their depth. And the goaltending hasn't been great in New Jersey either. Yeah, it's, they're going to come back, especially with Heischer back. They're in a much better position, but right now they they have been kind of putting up a few stinkers lately but they'll even it out i i have confidence i I wouldn't lose faith in new jersey just yet i think they're just they gotta figure it out everything will be okay yep uh that's all i got got any other ones you want to throw into the mix no i think that's kind of all i have and it was nice to talk to you again yeah let's uh we'll wrap it up here thanks again everybody uh, for tuning in to this week's episode of Fantasy Forecheck. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening channel, as well as the Hockey Writers Podcast and YouTube pages, wherever you can sorry, where you can find anything and everything else hockey related. You can always follow me on Twitter at Stro67. And I'm there at, at Jacob Billing10. And you can feel free to drop us a like, leave a comment. We'll keep you up to date on all things fantasy throughout the year. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next time.